Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess Evil, coming to you from my Lair of Eternal Damnation. So tonight's movie got me thinking about buddy cop movies from the 80s and the 90s, and how they were huge movies. Then they combined horror with it for tonight's main feature. But have they done a horror buddy cop movie since? I don't know. Maybe that's something I should have researched before tonight. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> It's fine. I'm sure one of you, my many, many, many listeners around the world, will tell me. <laughs> and how would you go about contacting me? Well, head on over to evilqueensf.com for all my info. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, who's ready for some muscles, mullets, and mayhem? I know I am. <laughs> on to tonight's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight, I am doing Dead Heat from 1988. Now, it's New World Pictures, so you know it's going to be good. New World videos have brought us other horror classics like Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, The Stuff, Hellraiser 1 and 2, The Lost Boys, Children of the Corn, Piranha, Slumber Party Massacre, and many, many, many more. Oh my god. It's already such an 80s movie. Just the look and vibe of it. We start off with a jewelry heist with a bunch of shoulder-padded women and kind of dumb, bumbling thieves. And then we see our stars in an awesome red classic car, a la Christine. And it's the classic odd couple kind of pairing. The uptight, by-the-book cop, Roger, played by Treat Williams. And the cool, just-go-with-it cop, Doug, played by the very fit and muscly and mulleted, Joe Piscopo. They head out to the jewelry heist, and it looks like the whole police department is outside. All the detectives, the meter megs, the bike cops, I'm surprised there weren't any cops on horseback riding through. But I guess when old, rich, white women are in danger, that's what happens. <laughs> anyway... The cops keep shooting the thieves, but nothing stops them, and they are killing all the cops. So the thieves finally get killed, one with a grenade and the other with a car. Both great kills and a great way to start off this movie. So we find out that this was just one of a lot of bash and grab heists that have been happening all over the city. Then we get to the morgue and find out that the thieves have already had an autopsy before they went a-stealing. Ooh, zombie jewel thieves. I mean, I understand though. Sometimes you just, you need something sparkly, even if you're dead, or especially when you're dead. <laughs> so what's the story on these John Doe's? What's so unbelievable? I'll show you. Hey, nice shot, Roger. Thanks. Is there enough here to identify? I wondered that myself. The teeth and fingerprints are practically worthless, but I noticed one thing. What? Stitches. You can see where the cut was made, traversing the sternum and incised with an electric saw. They had surgery? Nope. They had autopsies. They've been here before, fellas. I certified them myself. I even took pictures. John Doe, number 57, and Jane Doe, number 243, the lady picked up... Well, we all make mistakes, Dr. Smithers. Dr. McNabb. I am not in the habit of signing a death certificate for someone who just doesn't feel well. Well, I would hope not. But the fact remains that I think you screwed up with these two boys, got up after you were done, and strolled out of here. I never forget a body, doctor. 
So then they get led to a pharmaceutical company. The PR person leads them around the company, touting the company line that nothing is amiss. But Doug has to go pee so he can snoop around. And he gets into this room with this big, weird machine where he finds a huge, two-faced mutant biker. And I don't mean two-faced like, bitch is two-faced. No, two actual faces on his head. The effects in this movie are great. So far, I have to say the bike creature is super gross and reminds me of some of the guys my dad used to ride with. <laughs> Love it. But sadly, during the scuffle with the mutant biker, poor Roger gets stuck in the quote-unquote humane suffocation room, and a mysterious hand activates it and he suffocates to death. Not that he couldn't have just shot the glass with his gun, but whatever. Plot hole. So the medical examiner comes to the pharmaceutical company, which, is that a thing? Do... Emmys come out to crime scenes? Mm, I don't know. Anyway, she figures out the big machine it reanimates the dead, which, I mean, obviously, hello, what else would it do? So, of course, they put Roger in it, and they zap him with some 80s special effects, which is a little cheesy, but it's fine. And Roger is alive! Well, kind of. He's awake, but has no heartbeat, and he doesn't bleed. Hi, guys. You're alive. Of course I'm alive. I must have taken a hell of a shot there. He, uh, Roger... Roger, how you feeling? I feel... Hey, what is this place? What are you doing here, Rebecca? Roger, we'll explain that to you later, but please just tell us how you feel. Well, come to think of it, I... I feel terrific. I, I feel incredible. Ooh, ooh, it's great to be alive! <laughs> Mortis, I thought you were dead. Oh, sorry to disappoint you, Doctor. What's the last thing you remember? Well, we were, uh... We were at the research place, and, uh, we were looking around and Doug was fighting this thing. I got locked in that room and I guess I must have blacked out. It was like I was rushing toward this weird light or something. And then I looked down and I saw myself, my body, just lying there. But when I reached out to touch it, it was like I got hit with 10,000 volts. Well, it's uncommon, but it's happened before. The clinically dead people reviving the last possible moment. Roger was dead for an hour. What? what? Then there's this great scene where they go to the drugstore to get some lipstick because Roger is losing his color because he's dead. But I mean, really, who has ever heard of a man wearing lipstick? <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> so they go to the pharmacy company's PR person's house to ask questions. Then there's this VCR tape that has horror legend Vincent Price himself on it. Just as the Vincent Price VCR tape starts playing, more gun-toting zombies pop up and try killing them. I have to say the zombie makeup so far is pretty good. So after dealing with those zombies, they head to Chinatown for their next lead, where they find another resurrection machine in a Chinese deli, where all the food comes back to life and starts attacking. It's a great goofy scene, especially when the side of beef comes out with no head, insides, or feet. I mean, it's pretty weird, but I love it. Ah, Miss James. Always a pleasure. Mr. Thule, something terrible has happened. Yes, I know. Are these your friends, the police detectives? Got it right the first time, Pops. We're looking for the man who takes deliveries from Dante Pharmaceuticals. You have found him. How may I help you? What did Dante send you? Nothing of any importance. Maybe more important than you think. Your friend takes one more step, he'll find himself dead. Life and death are both expressions of the same eternal spirit. You ought to write fortune cookies, pal. Let me illustrate. Then they hit the library to do some research. Yep, no internet yet. It's all card catalogs and reference sections. <laughs> 
you know, it's great that I still know how to use a card catalog and the Dewey Decimal System. Oh my god, I'm old. <clears throat> Whew, uh, cut back to the morgue so Roger can chat with his ex, the assistant ME, then head off to the cemetery to see PR girl's father, Vincent Price's crypt. Uh, it's a lot. Then they head back to her place to find Doug's body upside down in the fish tank. That is a way to kill someone, and I love it. Though that part is a little weird, because we don't see him killed, and until they say his name, you really don't know it's him in the fish tank. But whatever. Then we find out that PR Girl has also been dead this whole time, but was being kept fresh by some other means that she apparently hasn't done today, and then she falls apart and melts away, with more really good 80s effects. And then she's just gone. Oh well, bye Felicia. We finally find out that the mind behind this whole thing was the head coroner, i.e. body doc, played by Darren McGavin, who has been in many horror classics, mostly TV, uh, like Monsters and Tales from the Dark Side and stuff like that. Anyway, body doc's goons lock Roger in an ambulance to run out his clock until he disintegrates like the PR girl did. But he has other plans. He gets the ambulance in neutral and it rolls down a hill, crashes and explodes and the police and fire and ambulance are called to the scene. Cut to Roger zipping himself out of his body bag, looking rough, girl. He has been through it. And he takes a motorcycle cop's gun and bike and heads off to save the day before he melts away. Oh, no, wait, that's Frosty the Snowman. Eh, same thing. Cut to the Legion of Doom and all the old, bad, rich people with Vincent Price telling them they can live forever since they're rich. Gertrude Bell. Are you prepared to become a memorial plaque on the cornerstone of a library building? We all die, Arthur. Rest assured, Gertrude, that you can afford not to. Isn't it frustrating? All of that money, all of that raw power just within your grasp. And then it's all gone. Poof. Suddenly, you're six foot under. And a mob of money-grubbing nobodies are devouring all that is yours. Like rodents after a lump of cheese. Isn't it sad? Everybody dies, rich and poor. Death doesn't discriminate. <laughs> At least not until now. This is ridiculous. Well, let's face it. Poor people are supposed to die, but the same rule doesn't apply to us. We're rich. God wants us to live forever. And even if he doesn't, we can always buy him off. <laughs> It'll cost all of you half of your fortune. But you have forever to make it back. Think of what I'm offering, sir. Life without end. Your personal savings compounded daily for a million glorious years. What's your gimmick, Arthur? No gimmick. Eternal life. Bullshit. Well, I know that it's absurd, impossible, but aside from the proof of my being here, I've planned for you a very graphic little demonstration. Demonstration time, since the one percenters need proof. So, of course, they bring back Doug with his arms. Mm, muscly. They sick Doug on Roger, but Doug remembers Roger, so they team up against Body Doc. And they put Body Doc on the machine, and they resurrect him two times in a row, which makes him explode, apparently. Then they destroy the machine, hopefully they destroyed the one in the Chinese deli, and they walk off into the light. Man, Roger, you are a mess. I've seen meatloaf that looks better than you. You're not exactly a forest lawn poster child yourself, Doug. Hey. We really trashed our ass, didn't we? That's asses, Roger. Hey, Roger, you think we'll be reincarnated? As what? I don't know. Maybe you get a choice. You can be whatever you want. Oh, 
Oh, you mean like a statesman or a president or a prize-winning novelist? Personally, I'd like to come back as the seat on a girl's bike. Now that is truly inspiring. Thank you. You know, Doug? What's up? This could be the end of a beautiful friendship. This movie is a hoot. It's funny, it's goofy, it has great kills, has fun effects. The acting is not terrible. I like the premise. I'm sure if they rebooted it today, it would be The Rock would be Doug. Who would play Roger? I don't know. Send me some suggestions. <laughs> well, I give Dead Heat from 1988 8 out of 10 walking sides of beef. And no, I don't mean Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and help get this podcast seen by more people. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell everybody. Now, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, whatever, head over to my website, evilqueensf.com, for all my contact info. Well, I think that's enough horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. Find me a drugstore. I gotta fix my face. So, what color did you get? Uh, mulberry wine. It's a good choice. Brings out your eyes. <laughs>